dissect the best and the worst of 90s teen horror. I'm Heather Parry and with me is my co-host Kirsty Logan. Hi and today we're actually not doing 90s teen horror, we're doing 2000s teen horror but you know we like to blur the boundaries. It's not better, things. it has not it, improved with time. No, giving it extra time did not, nope. it's not like cheese nope. or wine. I think that's how that works. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had some great cheese the other day. Wrong audience, pal. That's the end of that story. <laughs> if anyone's in what the south side of Glasgow and they want to go to Marchtown and get a very nice glass of wine and a brilliant, it's not very useful for Heather at all, it's a meat and cheese board and it's delicious. I, because I am the best girlfriend in the world, went and got some really good sourdough from the secret bakery the other day and then went out and, despite being vegan, bought two different types of cheese to make a cheese sandwich for my partner's lunch for the next day and then put two different types of chutney on it. Yes. That is very good. And because mm-hmm. I am a mediocre friend to your boyfriend, <laughs> I gave him a cream egg. Mm. <laughs> he ate it in bed. And that is not a euphemism. <laughs> yeah, he was quite excited. I was like, David, do you like cream eggs? And he went, yes. As if like, Dare I dream he will <laughs> that tell, there is one here he will, <laughs> he will tell you that he's not a very, he's not got a very sweet tooth. But then I've seen him eat four Snickers in half an hour. Full-size ones or fun-size? No. No. <laughs> a multi-pack. <laughs> like, like to the extent where he went and ate one and I sort of was like, oh, he's eating Snickers. And then I came in and he was eating another one and I looked down and I was like, have you eaten all four of those Snickers? Like, oh my God. Go for it, David. I always think, so I love sweet things. I definitely have a sweet tooth, but I usually like quite a small amount. Mm. Like Annie thinks this is repulsive, but I think for me, the perfect dessert after a meal is we one We know it's not. It's not ice dick. cream and milk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or dick. Or dick, covered in milk. <laughs> is a single after eight. You can't eat one after eight. You have yeah, you to can. eat like five. I just want one. Or like one like little bonbon. That's what I always want. Whereas in so restaurants, disgusting. you only get a choice of like a big dessert. I just want a li- one little bonbon. I'm going to introduce you to the concept of sharing, which means I mean, you, can you can have a smaller amount. But that's assuming that you're with enough people that when you cut it down, it will be bonbon sized. <laughs> and they never are. I only ever want like quite a small amount of chocolate these days because I eat, pardon me, dark chocolate. Pardon you? Sorry. Heather Barry. I have just eaten my lunch of a slaw and root veg dauphinois. Mm-hmm. And it's coming back enough, to say hello. Enough. <laughs> you are not a teenage boy. Well, as we discovered in the last podcast, mm-hmm. I might be a child. You you definitely are. I I was quite taken aback. You're the one who's just been talking about dessert. I can't even remember why I started talking about it. Because you were talking about cheese randomly. Just love dessert, I guess. Let's get a cream egg. There were, maybe I was because I was talking about egg. cream egg. Yeah. It's the perfect size of dessert. I went to the extent of making vegan cream eggs one year. And let me tell you, all that shit in the middle is just pure sugar. Yep. And food colouring. Yep. Delicious. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. I usually just like a very small amount of sweet things, except in the case of Greg's or supermarket jam donuts that come in a four pack. I can eat four of them. Wow. And then I want to die. 
like literally every single no, I don't do it very often maybe like once a year and then I go that, that was a terrible terrible choice that I just made because I get a terrible headache I feel really tired like awful my family is all about like we've got my mum's one of six right so I've got quite a lot of cousins and stuff and we were all big we're all like in that sort of northern way quite big on presents um and we were also quite big on everyone buys each other chocolate for Easter and when I went away to uni I said, I don't want any Easter eggs because, you know, it's just a massive amount of chocolate you end up at the end. And plastic. And plastic, yeah, really bad. And I was like, if you have to buy me some Easter eggs, get me some cream eggs because I love them. I ended up with 72 cream eggs. (laughs) (laughs) I was giving. (laughs) I bet they last about a thousand years as well. (laughs) Not in my house. I've got no control. I would eat like six all at once. I was giving boxes of six away to like acquaintances be like would you can you can you eat these i don't will you take this away from me if someone in the street came up to me and offered me a cream egg i would really want to take it but i would say no <laughs> really because <laughs> it's probably poison well, no it's not poisoned it'd be difficult to get poison in there no oh my god little needle when we first moved into the flat um oh, do you know what an animo bar is I've heard of it but i have not had one oh. and i don't know what it is rosie don't you don't dare you try dare and go, go through over there, there rosie you can sit there very calmly and mm-hmm. listen to my story about Nanaimo bars. So they're like a sort of chocolatey biscuit base. And then they're like a custardy buttercream middle with mm. melted chocolate on the top. Can well, I except it goes hard. They're so good. And I got such a mad craving for them. I like obviously got quite into them when I was living in Canada, which is where they're from. And then I got such a mad craving one day that I made a whole pan of them. But David was like away for a couple of days. And I think I just ate like the entire thing. And then I had to make myself promise I would never do that again because I felt so bad and just like tired. Yeah. Sugar I get bad headaches. I love sugar, but it gives me a headache. Anyway, this is a podcast about books. Oh, yeah. no. uh, In theory. (laughs) Although if any of that sugar information was useful, you know, have at it. Get yourself a cream egg or a Nanaimo bar. Make some Nanaimo bars. Maybe don't have the whole pan. Just because you'll feel sick after. Yeah. That's headache. the only reason. Or like, don't eat a four pack of donuts because you'll get a bad head. <laughs> it's not good for you. Now, let's talk about Demon by Must Samantha we? Lee. We can talk about pudding some more. Um, it's from 2003. Uh, the cover is awful. Tell me about it. <sighs> the cover is just red. It's just dark red. <laughs> and then there's like a really badly, like, f- like, paint microsoft paint Mm -hmm. level rendering of like a hand mirror with some really shit flames in it that's really badly done that's like if i tried to do photoshop that's what it would look like (laughs) it's like they spunked all their effort on the font it's quite a good font quite good um like blocky classic Gold. Rosie, like a de- don't stare. Go through there, Rosie. Don't you do it. If Rosie moves go where she wants bed. to move, she'll take both of our right. laptops. Go backwards, Rosie. Go backwards. <laughs> there you go, good, good girl. girl. Um, yeah. So it's mainly just like a block color red with this really shit photo like shop thing on it. Be careful what you wish for. Could be about anything. Could be. Also, you don't get wishes from demons. Exactly. Says Rosie. Rosie. Yep. <laughs> She agrees. This is like, do you remember there were the vampires that Grant wishes? I don't think anyone knows. Anyone read any books ever? What Grant's wishes? Um, It's genies. We all know that. We've seen Aladdin. Right. Are you ready for the um, first page? Mm -hmm. It's actually a prologue, which is never a good sign. It was Jimmy who unearthed the thing, found it under a stone while he was scrabbling about in the sand. Fucking comma splice. Oh God. I hate a comma splice. 
It was your grammar lesson for the day. It should be a semicolon, no? It should be. Thank you. Or just rephrase your sentence so it's not necessary. Anyway. Yep. It was the hottest day of the summer so far. New Mexico hot. Hot. Dad... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, got it. Dad had suggested that they come out for, the, for a picnic, someplace cool, away from the steaming city pavements. But, as was usual on these excursions, they'd got lost somewhere on the way to the springs. Mom was navigating and they'd gone 30 miles in the wrong direction before they discovered that she was holding the map upside down. <laughs> Women, Heather. Am I so, right? But you'd notice because all, all the, the writing would be, would be Anyway, never mind. Down. Dad had exploded and there'd been one of those nasty rows that had the baby howling and Jimmy and Pee Wee holding onto each other, stomachs churning in the back. Blah, blah, blah. Don't get too attached to those people because they die at the end of the prologue. <laughs> They're not relevant. Um, can, so I we, just, can I just repeat back to you one of the best lines in that? Go on. It was the hottest day of the summer so far. New Mexico hot. Hot. H-O-T hot. <laughs> yep. God. That sets the tone for the entire book. Yep. So we've just met the family there. It's a family of five, including a child called inexplicably Peewee. Because that's what people are called. Oh my god, I had a mate called Peewee. No, you didn't. Well, no, his name was Peter, but it was really short, so everyone called him Peewee. That's kind of cute. I think probably didn't do a lot for his... That's not nice, actually, is it? Unless <laughs> well, he chose that name. He also called himself Peewee. Mm, was he made to? I don't know. It was a Did long he choose time it? ago. Mm, all right, then. I mean, there was a guy that I went to school with whose nickname was Jobby. <laughs> and I'm unclear whether he consented to that or not. Sometimes teenage boys will just give themselves disgusting and abusive nicknames, though, won't they? Yeah. Blobbo. Blo- Blobbo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's how Mr. Blobby got his name? Yes. I don't think it is that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Anyway. I, can I just say for Stop trying to distract me from this book. From anyone who's not British, Google Mr. Blobby. You will not believe your fucking eyes. You will think <laughs> Mr. Blobby is me inside. <laughs> My inside self is Mr. Blobby. Oh <laughs> so, they're all on a horrible day out that nobody enjoys. They find a dream catcher. And then the car crashes and they all die. Now, I'm going to make a leap here, Kirsty. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say perhaps the racial elements of this book will not be particularly politically correct. You would be right in mm-hmm. that feeling. We'll get into it. It's horrible. It does not hold up well, no. let's just say. So, next. An old lady sets up a market stall selling some random stuff and a dream catcher. Mm-hmm. Our main character, Laurie, a sad fatty, buys it. I'm going to say, as well as the uh, racial stereotypes in this, the body shaming is strong. Or as I've typo written here, photophobia. <laughs> Definite photophobia. 100% photophobia in this book. Her entire motivation is that she's fat. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Um, so then, in a quite a racist way, she notices our love interest. Miguel Coyote. Can we just pause on the name? We can. It's not great. Let's move on. It's not great. Just just let it sit for a minute. Okay, here's Miguel Coyote. He was so different from any of the boys at school. An exotic, romantic-looking figure in faded jeans and a leather vest, riding a big black motorbike with a coyote painted on the fuel tank. He looked foreign. His skin under the dark tan had an olive cast, Native American, she guessed, 
but when he turned suddenly and removed his dark glasses, eyes searching, nostrils flaring as though he had suddenly scented danger on the wind. Oh my God, I can't keep reading this. <laughs> she saw that those eyes were blue. Half Indian then, with a touch of Caucasian somewhere along the line. So I read that to David and he said, so he's white enough to make him sexy. Yeah. That's the way of doing a character, yep, <laughs> character yep. of a different race, but then being like, but they were still attractive because they were a little bit white. Like it, this book is mm -hmm. so weird because I feel like it's trying to be self-aware about because, race yeah, issues in Because America. there are characters that are more overtly racist, but it doesn't seem to really understand that that's quite racist as well. And she's a white lady, yeah. I checked. Oh, and no. no, yeah. It's, I feel like probably in 2003, nobody would have been making a big fuss about it but obviously reading it now you're like ouch oh god it's not great um but the thing is that laurie remember she's a sad fatty she is and so I... she doesn't even bother she doesn't even talk to him no point who likes a fatty nobody <laughs> <laughs> this book's such bullshit it makes me so angry society's fatphobia really as, is as a curvy babe who is married to a curvy babe can i just tell you lots of people like fatties um I am a little bit worried that this woman is in fact Christopher Pike. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. I like that theory. So let me just. Oh my put god! Some evidence the forward. more that I'm thinking about it, yes. Yeah. Because we've read a lot of Christopher Pike, not on the on main, but on the Patreon episodes, we've done lots not of Christopher for you, Pike. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend goes to another school. <laughs> yeah. I have got a boyfriend, actually. I met him on holiday. <laughs> yeah, we've done too much Pike, I'd say, in fact. I didn't ever read it we've as a kid, too much and Pike. I don't want to now. If someone's ever like, did you have a rough childhood? would be like, yeah, did too much Pike. <laughs> you could tell me that this was Pike, and I would believe you. The heap stopped in mid-sentence, voice trailing away. Then it blinked once, twice, three times. But the vision didn't materialise. Between two garbage bins, an old woman in a black dress was transforming into something indescribable. So not now I'll describe it. describe it. <laughs> something with scales and claws and hooves, a thick tail with a, a scorpion sting at the end, a forked tongue in a lipless mouth, and eyes. Dot dot dot. So many eyes. Dot dot dot. Well. So you did describe it. So not not indescribable. You described it badly, but it's got loads of eyes. So I imagined it to be one of those, like, sea sponges. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But with a tail. Uh, I like that you did a squashy motion with your hand. Squashy, squashy when motion. When you did a, a sea sponge. Yeah. You know what also does really badly in this book? Alcoholism. Oh, yeah. And homelessness. Oh, yeah. All of the things. Anything that's possible to do, really, is quite bad. So Laurie, sad fatty, she <laughs> is only passively racist, if that's a thing that it's possible to be. Sheriff Rube Watson is more actively racist. Yep. He is in a way that I think the author thinks is racist. She doesn't think Laurie is racist. Mm -hmm. So, this is Sheriff Rube Watson. He said, this is him thinking of himself. He would have been shocked if anyone had called him racist. But he prided himself on keeping Backwater Ridge. That's where they live. That does not mean his bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Really it just occurred to me there. <laughs> Backwater Ridge. I'm also um, quite of the opinion that the past participle of pride should be proed. He proed himself <laughs> on keeping Backwater Ridge trouble-free by discouraging what he called undesirables. Oh. And you know what that means, Heather? Ethnics. 
was damn ethics. Yeah. Um, so he, I feel like the author is trying to be like, look, racism. Racism exists. Not mm-hmm. here. Not in me. Not in me. O- over there. Not in me, white woman. No. My racism is harmless. Over there. Over there. And it only occurs... Others are racist. ...near the Mexican border. Yes. <laughs> Which, you know, just saying, if we're going to recommend good books while reading shit books, read White Fragility. Yes. By Robin D'Angelo. It's very good. I think about it every day. And I feel like she would have much to say about this book. Mm-hmm. So... Laurie has bought this dream catcher from this old lady who transforms into the indescribable monster that we then described. Um, and then she has a sexy dream about a sexy man. Can I also just point out that... Um, He's not sexy? Well, we're told <laughs> that the dream catcher makes all your wildest dreams come true. Now, I'm not a Native American. I don't believe that to be what dream catchers are supposed to do. No. Aren't they supposed to catch the bad dreams? Yeah. And and the good ones can go through the hole in the middle. Yeah. So it doesn't have do. any magical powers to grant your magical dreams. No, that's genies. Yeah. Again. Or sometimes fairies. I'm happy to be educated on this and told I'm wrong. I might just not know enough. But I'm pretty sure it's the book that is wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we learned from CBC, vampires don't traditionally grant wishes. They're also not hamsters, as we found out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fairly certain dreamcatchers also don't yeah. grant wishes. Mm. But they're ethnic, Heather. Or so I guess that means they're magic. Are we going to mention the really horrible term he uses for the guy? What guy? Uh, for Miguel. Is it a racist term? It is. I don't think we should say it. Okay. What does it begin with? It's two words hyphenated. Mm-hmm. Begins with an H and then a B. It's bad. Okay. <laughs> It's, it's a bad word. It's, we don't It's say horrible. It. Like, I've just written, my note next to it is... Look, we're white people. We're not allowed to say those words, even for the purposes of saying that they're bad words. True. We just shouldn't. We just shouldn't say them. They're not our words to say. I mean, it's not technically a racial epithet, but it's a really horrible way of describing right. a person. Anyway, it just made me go like this. <sighs> so let me tell you about the sexy man in the sexy dream. Here's what he looks like. Are you ready? To be turned on. Are you ready to flood the basement? Oh, God. He, yep. Yeah, it's that good. He's got slicked back blonde hair and a snakeskin jacket. <laughs> God. <Whoa. laughs> Do you know what? Our two babes, being Spike from Buffy and Angel from Buffy, even they can't pull off a snakeskin jacket. He's also got yellow eyes. Yeah. So is he just a snake? Is she just looking at a snake? <laughs> snake skin jacket. She's like, that snake's got slicked back blonde hair. And, and everyone's like, no, that's snake. just a snake. <laughs> In some sunglasses. And then she wakes up and then she goes to school and she auditions for the Wizard of Oz. She's a sad fatty, so she knows she's not going to get a role. Mm-hmm. But then Sexy Snake Man is there in real life. No. <gasps> She's amazing in the audition. She gets the part of Dorothy. What's so, happening? What's happening is that this is Phantom of the Racist Opera. <laughs> Isn't it? Racist of the Opera. She can, like, she, in the, in the audition, she says, it's in the wrong key. C's too high for me. Do you think you could transpose it to E flat? Where did that come from? Laurie didn't even know what transpose meant. That is like, yeah, that is Phantom of the Opera. I haven't she seen, gets this, seen or read Phantom of the Opera. She basically gives herself over to this guy and he like gives her these musical talents. <gasps> mm-hmm. What? 
they've ripped it off. Meanwhile, you ready for some more casual racism? Oh, God, no. Miguel Coyote is there, being compared to a wolf. He knows that she has the dream catcher because he, quote, can smell it. Racist? I mean, maybe it stinks. Maybe it's been in a puddle. It's at home, though. It's in her house. And he can somehow smell it on her. Um, Or is she doing a Stephanie Mayer thing, like a sexy werewolf thing? But also Native American. Are we troubled by this? I don't know. I feel like maybe there is some sort of Native American belief thing that like has a story like this. And maybe Mm -hmm. she's just read it, co-opted it, and made it racist. Which people did in them days. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes now. Yeah. Even though they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think she should have just stayed clear of it. Anyway, she didn't. It was 2003. Who knows what was going on? Remember, there was a lot of shit fashion around that time as well. Do you remember, like, there was a lot of things were incorrect proportions? Yeah. Like, there was a lot of, like, cropped tops or, like, little cropped cardigans over vests. (laughs) So you would have, like, a long vest and then on top you would have, like, that would tie at the front, like a little cropped cardigan. There was a lot of that sort of thing. I there think was it, like skirts over trousers, ugly boots. I think boots. it was of the time of Say My Name by um, Destiny's, Destiny's Child. Child, which was a truly terrible music video, which involved them all moving slightly. I like that video. And then stopping. It was really weird. It doesn't hold up. I like it. It's weird. And then all the rooms are different colours and their clothes match the rooms. It's bad. Oh, I like early 2000s music videos. They really are try bad. and do a thing. <laughs> it doesn't always work. But they try and do a thing. And you would have had like the TLC style, it looks like it's been filmed inside a sieve. Yep. Background as well. It was when like CGI was coming up and they and the Matrix had been out. And, and fisheye lenses oh on everything. Oh lenses. Yeah. Lisa left eye Lopez wearing some sort of silver like cargo pants She was situation. such a babe. She was like my absolute idol for so many years. Like she died far too soon. Yeah. It's amazing like, to think that they were around when this shit was out. I mean, right? Oh, hello, Rosie. Rosie. Having a little wine. What are you crying for? Um, she's crying, crying about racism. For? I know, Rosie. It's all right. She has got black skin. Yeah, that is true. She has, I know. This isn't aimed at you, though. <laughs> it's okay. Do you know what? You've just been out for a pee. There's food in your dish. You've got a comfy bed. The heating's on. What do you want? Why, why are you acting like life is so hard? <laughs> life is such a challenge. That's me anytime we're trying to get any attention <laughs> off David. Look, you've just had a wee. There's food in your bowl. She's like a cat. You know how cats are sad because they've never been fed ever in their entire lives? Yeah. That's Rosie now. Yep. She's become cat. Anyway, let me tell you about the sexy blonde snake man. Um, he says that Laurie can have everything she wants. And what she wants is the following. To be a famous singer. To be thin. And to go out with this tedious guy called Perry, oh, who I'm going to call no. Perry. No, <laughs> no. There's another Perry in the series, <laughs> and I refuse to be this one because we're being trolled. This series. It is very weird. Um, but guess what he wants in return? You'll never guess. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. In the meantime, her soul. Oh, of God. So The book so, even comments on how tedious and predictable that is. So, is it about a demon? Is it about a dream catcher? <laughs> is it about 
an ethnic person <laughs> who's, you know, magical because racism. What is this book about? All, why is it called of Demon? Them. All of the above. Who's Demon? Is it Laurie? And why is the Demon in a Dreamcatcher? Which is, as we've, I think we've ascertained, is probably not how they're supposed to work. I mean, yeah. There is, do you know what? There is a bit of an attempt to be woke-ish. Is there? Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. In the meantime, time passes. This is quite a long book. Let's just condense. Time passes. Laurie gets thinner. Of course she does. She gets prettier. And she gets to go out with Perry. However, there's a pretty thin bitch cliche called Tracy. Hmm. She's getting fat and spotty. Oh my god. It's just like Mean Girls. It's what? So she's just like Regina George. She, she's just got a new uh, hormonal birth control in. Exactly. She's just got on the pill. <laughs> she, it's not doing very well. Mm. Try Loestrin. It's got lower estrogen in it. That might work. Um, that wasn't medical advice, by the way. I haven't been on the pill for a very long time. Don't take my advice. I feel like I should take that coffee away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I'm always like this. There's no, di- there's no difference whatsoever. Anyway, some other stuff happens. Um, like this random guy from school is swallowed by a swimming hole. <laughs> kind of. But everyone that's says... That's a euphemism. Well, everyone says it's an evil fish. Right. Maybe that's the deal. Look, I didn't write this book, okay? All I know is swimming hole, evil fish. That, what more is there to say? What could there be? What could there be? Um, and then this, again, the... Uh, depiction of alcoholism is not good. A local alcoholic is killed and they say that it's vagrants. Um, and then the sheriff dies in a car crash. Mm-hmm. Don't they keep calling them like winos and bums as well? Yeah, it's, like, oh. it's not very good. Um, and then Tracy, remember Tracy, she is killed and scalped and left in the desert, which is actually pretty horrible. But it's also kind of like maybe the most racist thing there's ever been in a point horror book. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great. Uh. Um, can I step in here and talk about the way that someone, um, commu- well, communicates is probably a bit of a stretch, but Kirsty, I want you to do this for me. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> do I have to make a laugh of a particular sound? It's not a laugh. Okay, uh-oh. I'm going to do it. Am I going to look like I need a poo? Uh, who knows? Okay. And then he starts to whine, quietly at first, more of a hum, but then rising to a thin shriek. <laughs> Yeah? I don't think that was shrieky enough. Wine quietly at first. Okay, hang on. (laughs) Oh, God. I think it's that. Okay. And he's the attractive one? In what context is this happening? Is that what what a man does when he comes? I'm doing it wrong. All right. I mean, as we've established, I think you wank by pulling it like just a starter time, motor. Just and then, one big yank and, and then it they just make pops that off. Noise. <laughs> and then it comes it out just like detaches. a marble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that what happens? Yeah, no, it is, yeah. Cool. Of course. Doing why you it have right. to keep buying them new dicks. <laughs> <laughs> is that why they make those really realistic dildos? Sure. For when you accidentally <laughs> detach <laughs> your penis. Just why would you ever write that? Who's communicating in this manner? What's he meant to be conveying? Kirsty, I don't know if I can clarify how much I really fucking hated having to read this book. Like, I was really bitter about it. Really bitter. It's too long. It is too long. You're right. It, 
<laughs> that's why I skimmed over. Like that bit that I just summed up in a paragraph was about a hundred pages of pot waffle. <laughs> because now we're at this bit. Miguel has been researching what might be going on in this place that where's this dream catcher come from? What's going on? So, is this wokish? Here's what we get. Miguel was soon absorbed, leafing through page after page of infamy in which the US cavalry had systematically eliminated his ancestors, the Native American side anyway. The other side was Norwegian, stemming from a female settler rescued from a burned out cabin when her husband had been killed in a raid, hence the blue eyes. So there you go, he's acknowledging that he is the product of a rape of a woman, right? Yeah. A female settler. Um... Is that? Mm. He was almost <laughs> he was almost three quarters through when he found what he was looking for. Not much considering. A half page insert under a posed photo of a troop of cavalry, stiff in their dress uniforms, all looking inordin inordinately proud for a group of men who had just wiped out an entire settlement. Not just the young warriors, but women, children, and even domestic animals. Everything from old men on crutches to babies in cribs. Anything that moved, they had fallen on the peaceful encampment and butchered every living thing without mercy, without conscience. Except for the old medicine man and the young boy of mixed race who had been helping, them gather, helping him gather healing herbs up in the hills. So I feel like, right, this author... She has tried, like, okay, we're looking at it to, like, through 2003 eyes. I feel like she has tried, like, in her head, she's written a book about, isn't it terrible the way that Native Americans have been treated in the US historically? Yeah. I feel like there are, obviously, when we read it now, the way that she has exoticized Miguel is troublesome. But I think she's trying. Like, she has tried to make a point here. Hmm. Which is good. Yeah, and I do think she's doing that, but she's not doing it very well. So, here's another bit. Um, when Yellow Dog saw what the soldiers had done, he swore revenge. But he was an old man, not a warrior. I think Yellow Dog is the, the medicine, medicine man. man. Uh, and the boy was too young, so he turned to magic to fulfil his oath. He conjured up a great demon and, oh, here we go, and trapped it in the Dreamcatcher. Mm -hmm. Again. I think it's good. No. Dreamcatchers are white magic, Coyote explained. They protect babies in their cribs from harm, hold their good dreams. So as we, so it doesn't give you magical dream powers. No. Anyway, send their nightmares. And also, back. why why would it focus on making a teenage girl thin? Yeah, exactly. Why? <laughs> if you have it's all the power in the concerns. world, yeah. Um, but this dreamcatcher did the opposite, promising. Oh, here we go. Promising dreams, turning them back into nightmares. Black magic, the blackest. Then Yellow Dog laid a curse, not only on the men who had done the deed, but on their bloodline for hundreds of generations. Finally, he let the Dreamcatcher dream loose to do it as worst. So... Is this on page 195? 196 and 195, Okay, cool, yeah. So maybe it is talking about that, but is also dealing in the trope that indigenous peoples will put magical curses on people. Which is only fair, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. If they did, fair enough. Yeah. But I'm going to say it's dealing in some tropes that make me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, again, acknowledgement that the author, I think, had good intentions, but it didn't go that well. And it kind of implies that only the people that literally murdered some Native Americans are bad. The Dreamcatcher hones in on anyone connected to the massacre. After nearly 200 years, that's an awful lot of people, not counting the innocent bystanders who get caught in a crossfire. Now, I'm going to say, Kirsty, as a white person, that I feel like I am complicit 
in racism. I mean, yeah, we all are. So We've I don't all really benefited th- from this racist society. So I think you're right, and I think I think Samantha B. Lee slash Christopher Pike is being <laughs> like, look at that horrible thing that those particular white people did to that group of Native Americans. Isn't that awful? Isn't that over here nothing to do with me? Fine. Over there, bad people, racists. Yes. And that's, I closed the book very decidedly. But I think at the time, that's kind of where the conversation was. Yeah, but we're idiots. Well, I know, but hopefully in 16 years, we'll think that we're idiots now. Yeah, probably. I hope so, because that means that the conversation will have moved on. We'll be frantically deleting the podcast. (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Please don't ever quote me at me. In the future. Don't quote past Kirsty. She's a moron. All pastos are bad. All pastos. Even me ten minutes ago is an idiot. That's what I keep saying, but <laughs> <laughs> So uh, anyway, Miguel is a seeker and he has to find the Dreamcatcher and destroy it. Um then Laurie's house catches on fire and Miguel Coyote rescues her. Her dad is dead, but that's okay, because he was horrible anyway. Um and it turns out plot twist-ish, that Laurie's mum also sold her soul for, quote, security, but ended up married to a deadbeat loser. She sold her soul to the mafia. (laughs) Saying. Anyway, uh, (laughs) and there's more. Go on. Are you ready for the shock ending? We're at the end now. Okay. Are you ready? The devil is Laurie's dad oh my god she is the devil's daughter yeah um she knows this because she finds an old photo of her mum with i've written blonde but i meant blonde (laughs) okay (laughs) with the blonde snake man um which i feel he's the devil well it has disturbing implications which is the following so he takes the form of like what you want which means rosie shush which means that Laurie and her mum both have the same taste in men. Yeah. Which I feel is <laughs> troubling. Okay. Rosie, go and lie down. Why are you crying? Go away. <laughs> go away. Do you just want a little pat on the head? Right, Heather, Heather can say something and I'll give Rosie a pat on the head and then oh, she'll God. shut up. Pressure. Um, there's an actual cloven hoof. Hoof. I did enjoy the cloven hoof bit. Um, and if you can pass me the book that you've um, oh, yes. helpfully hidden under your laptop while you pet your dog. Um, I've put read out here, so I'm going to do... Read out. out. Read out. Well, I scratch your bum, Rosie. Is that nice? Or oh, do you like having a wee, a wee bum scratch? Oh, yes. Okay. Miguel Coyote crashed through the front door and rode up the stairs like a bat out of hell. If that's not the clearest... Meatloaf we've had. <laughs> Hair streaming behind him. Miguel <laughs> does sound hot. Like, he has been unnecessarily exoticized, but he does sound hot. Yes. Red bandana wrapped around his lower face to keep out the smoke. Flames licked around the Honda, threatening to ignite the gas tank as a large section of roof collapsed on the landing, missing him by inches. I mean, it's, it's, it's Meatloaf. <laughs> like, that's exactly like what out of hell. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's what's playing on his... Do... Motorbikes have stereo sound systems. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he rips off his bandana to <gasps> save Laurie in slow motion. Probably, yeah. His hair's blowing yeah. in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? His face hanging over her was full of concern. His 
singular eyes, singular eyes. So one eye. <laughs> He's, He's a uh, cyclops. Yeah. Oh my god. I was going to say a kraken. That's something else. <laughs> he could be a kraken if he wanted to. His singular eyes. <laughs> Anyone with... can be a kraken. Are you listening? If you want to be a kraken, you fucking rocket. Um, we're not just blue, but multicolored. The whites dyed to a day glow pink. Wow. Day glow. Day glow. Day glow <laughs> that pink. Racial <laughs> day glow pink eyes where the whites should be. Kirsty Logan. Imagine that. Look at my face I'm and imagine it. that. It's beautiful. I love it. Like someone's colored in my the whites of my eyes with highlighter. Nice. What the hell is going on? Nice. And then they kiss. I mean, you would. It rose like a whirlwind into her larynx. Oof. What? What? What is that? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, look, there's a dog panting. It could be Rosie. You've <laughs> never seen go. a more satisfied looking dog I right know. now. I know. Is that nicer? You've had a bit of attention. That's all she wants in this world is for everybody to look at her and scratch her little head all the time. Well, you can't have that all the time because I've got to do things. Welcome to the new podcast. Kirsty Logan pets her dog. <laughs> quite quietly. And then Google stuff. While holding a coffee. Yes, I feel like this is quite a good... Oh, there we go. That means she's finished. All right, bye so then. So one thing that I, I'm going to bring up. The, so this is just point horror, right? It's not called like point horror redux or reboot or anything. No, but I feel like it is a reboot, but they've just tried to hide it kind of. Yeah, but they've also like not... Or do you not... think it's just a continuation? Because the, the styling and everything, like the font is different. I do feel like it was meant to be a reboot. Well, and it is scholastic, but they don't mention the previous point horror. Look out for the other point horror titles. Exile? Oh, Exile. X dash Isle. Did you just get that? Yeah, I was like Cross Isle, um, <laughs> the Dark and the Unseen. So there's only they were only they're pretending there's only four point horror books, yeah. which I want. Number one, I find very offensive. Since we've trudged through over sixty, yeah, and they're too long. Much respect for this, please. <laughs> they're they're like they're too long. Twice as long as say Beach Party. Because the only good thing you can say about Robot Stein books is that they're short. You can read That's them in an hour. All you can say, you can. <laughs> You can read them very... You can read them in the bath, like yeah. in the course of one bath. Um, I love the idea that you'll only read, like, pamphlets in the bath. Yes. I can't possibly read a big book in the bath. My tiny, delicate wrists will hurt. I do prefer things that you can read beginning to end in the course of one bath. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So um, a pamphlet is good. A point horror is good. But, yeah, like, they've... It's like they've tried to kind of, like, forget point horror's checkered but fascinating history... And then, like, because we we love to, be... to see them. Like, we love we love hate point horror. Yeah. So you love hate point horror. I think I'm just. Do you to hate, hate love? <laughs> <laughs> you hate. I love hate. You hate love. I I read all of them for the season, much too quickly, and then have become embittered. To be fair, this is the worst season of books. Yeah, and I have, have been quite stressed and busy, yeah. so I'd, I wasn't coming to them in a great mood. But yeah, it's like they've tried to update it, forget all the past, which is where the fun lies. Tried to make it like semi-politically correct. I don't mm. know if any of the others kind of try and deal with the shit. Let's but find out. They've we'll done read it them. really badly. I don't want to. You have to. Have you got them? No, I can get them though. Mm, no, you can't. I they've can. been all removed from the internet. <laughs> oh, God. No, I like that that just occurred to you. You can't. You can't, no. <laughs> I won't allow it. Um, there's an epilogue. Oh no. You thought that was the end. It wasn't. Oh, because that, see, that's the, she's very clever, you see, because the devil has come to take her soul. And she says, well, I'm the devil's daughter, so I don't have a soul. Oh. So I don't owe you anything. The contract is null and void. 
I think he would know. Well, you would, wouldn't you? But oh, God. Plot hole. Anyway, that's what happens. Then there's an epilogue. Um, Laurie is a famous singer slash actress. She's going out with Perry. Um, but it's not going very well because we have this. Last night had been a damp squib as far as she was concerned. Perry had been more interested in himself than he had been in her. So he's shit in bed, basically, and it kind of sounds like he just sat and wanked. <laughs> With his wanky hanky. With his... <laughs> oh, no, Heather. I've just realised what damp squib is. Isn't it like a firework? A squib that is... doesn't go off properly. A squib is um, the fake explosion things they put on you for acting, right? So, like, if we were filming a film and you were going to shoot me, I would have a squib on. Isn't that what that is? I can Google it, but I'm pretty sure it's... The oh, like so thing that damp, makes someone it doesn't, go, doesn't off. go off. So it doesn't go off, which makes it sound like someone just can't come. So do you think he can't get up, or he can't come, or I he just he wanked come. and ignored her? <laughs> I think he can't come. Oh, let me have a look. I mean, to be honest, is that not quite good? Oh, actually, a, a small firework that burns with a hissing sound before exploding. I thought it was a firework thing. So damp. So so it's like a. So he can get an erection, and then it just sort of wilts. Oh, that's a shame. I just thought, you know, if he can get an erection and he can't come, surely that's great. Not for him. Not for him, but who cares? You can have other orgasms. You can. You can have an anal orgasm and it'll just stay right up. Well, do that. I I will. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very keen. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if she wants to just bang a lot, then surely that's good. Look, I'm going to overshare right now. All right. Look at you getting ready. I don't know that I'll ever be ready. When I but was here say, we go. 17 years old, hy- there was a person I knew who was 17, and hypothetically, they were dating someone who was 21. Was it you? I don't know. It was a person, okay. And and then hypothetically, Hother Peary. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> That's a hate crime. <laughs> Let's call her Hannah. All right. Uh, and she was dating someone who's a wee bit older, um, and he could not come through penetrative sex. He can only really come through uh, using his own wanky hanky. And let me tell you that she told me it's not a good time because there's no end point. So he was a straight man, so he did not understand that sex does not have to start with a bit of kissing and then go to a bit of oral and then end with penetrative sex to an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Because that's what straight men believe sex to be. right? Aww. And they will all stick to that script oh, and will no. not move outside of it. So what he thought was that you just banged away. And he also thought that just banging away would somehow magically muster up a female orgasm time and time again. So there's no end point. So it would just carry on forever. Oh. And it just gets really boring and chafy because straight men are shit in bed. No offence, straight men. You are. No, I'm sure you're fine. I'm sure there's like three or four of you out there that are great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's horrible. Um, no, the only ones listening to this podcast are those ones. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, it's not a good time. Aww. If they just, like, it's not good for them, because obviously you want to have an orgasm. It's not good for you, because you want a natural end point for it to be, for you to, you don't want to ever have to say to your sexual partner, thanks, I've had enough. Yeah, you can, That's you can stop worst now. worst thing to say. You, I think you can stop now is I'm worse. I'm full. I'm, I'm, I'm actually right now. <laughs> I, I agree, and I think that's interesting. And I had an ex-boyfriend, I guess this is also an overshare, with a very large penis. Not as much fun as you'd think. 
No, I have had a bruised cervix in my yeah, time. Me and too. And it was very painful and it was like I'd been shot. It's not that good. It's, guys, it's not about how big it is. Genuinely, I know everyone says that and everyone's like, hmm, it is really though. And it's fucking not. Yeah. A big dick's not that much fun. Nope. Nope. What did I anyway. find? Oh, I think I saw a tweet the other day that was like, some woman went to a gynecologist because she was having like vaginal pain. And um, the, she, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, she was like, <laughs> My, my gyno said it was like, um, it like could a yeast be, infection. Yeah, or, or it could yeah. be pregnant. Mm-hmm. And she was like, my boyfriend said it's because his dick is too big. And she just went, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> my favorite is if a guy is ever like, condoms are too small. And you're like, they're fucking not. You can get a condom over your head. You put it over your whole arm. Like, yes. <laughs> no, it's not too small. Oh, Trust me. Anyway. So Perry's shit in bed. We don't quite know the nature of his shitness, but it's, she's yeah. not having a good time anyway in the vaginal department uh, or the clitoral department. Or the anal department. Or the anal department or any department, Anywhere. really. Um, so that's the end of that. <laughs> so it doesn't really go anywhere. She's the devil's daughter. She doesn't have a soul. She's famous, but Perry's depressing. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I, I really couldn't give a shit about anything in this book. Yeah. I was really annoyed. Could, too long you know she's not Laurie is not an interesting or uh, sympathetic character in any way this book is far too long I do feel like I do want to give Samantha Lee a bit of a shout out because like 2003 you know people weren't I know you're looking at me so disgusted but she she tried to do a thing mm. it hasn't aged well no but at the time I'm pretty sure if I had read this in 2003 I would have been like huh I had never really thought about what white people did to Native Americans because we didn't fucking learn that at school. I'm gonna look her up. Okay. We didn't learn that at school. I think it's useful to talk about that. Shit the bed. There's a demon too. <gasps> no! We need to get it, Heather. No, I don't think we can. No, we have to. Weirdly, it comes up before Demon the, One. The yeah. Maybe it's a rewrite. The demoning. Demon two, the demoning. <laughs> demon two, demons. Oh my god. Okay, what can I put up? Writer? What do you reckon she's written other stuff as well? I don't know. Well, think we think it's Christopher Pike, so who yeah, knows? it could be. That's true. Um, do you have a Parry's favourite line? I do. Okay, I'm ready. <clears throat> it's quite good. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Bunions. To Mr. Quentin. How could she? No context. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. Okay, stupid names. Look, there is no excuse for this service station owner. Because without reason, his name is Pearly Gates. <laughs> no. Yes. No. That's not acceptable. No. You can't have that. You can't do that. Anyway, that happened. Um, I didn't really find any US 90s or fashion things, to be honest. Um, however, when we're talking about queer subtext, we need to talk about Mr. Quentin. Mm. He's the music professor. Now, Mr. Quentin wears velvet pants and a silk bow tie. He has a tiny Yorkie, not the chocolate bar, the dog. He sounds really flammable. Yeah, (laughs) very flammable. (laughs) He carries the tiny Yorkie dog under his arm and he says, he talks to the dog, which is called Baskerville. Great name. And he says things like, why, whatever's the matter, Baskerville? So he is camp as a hat with a feather in it. In British. 
Which I we mean, know is, is the campus. The ultimate gay. Yeah. Is a British band, apparently. <laughs> and by British, they mean posh English. Like, yeah. they don't mean Welsh or no. Northern Irish, do they? Um, so, yeah, that is not really okay. But does she fancy Mr. Quentin? No. I can't remember. No, it's not really, it's not queer subtext. It's like, I guess I'm putting it on the category of a bad queer representation. Yeah, but I just meant, doesn't she fancy him a bit? Hence I didn't the get that. Hence the Bunyan's line. I did not get that she fancied him. Oh, maybe not. He's the most flamingest flame (laughs) who's ever flamed. You can fancy a flaming man. I mean, you can, but I don't think she does. Okay, maybe they're just like pals. Mr. Quentin took Laurie home in his yellow Ford convertible. Baskerville, accustomed to riding shotgun, made enough noise to waken the dead. When unexpectedly... You've gone posh, Unexpectedly relegated to the back seat. Do you mind? Mr. Quentin revived him and plonked him on Laurie's lap. Please get used to it now. He's going to be your co-star after all. Oh, yeah, because... Uh, Baskerville is going to be Toto. Toto. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm just not, I'm not really happy about that. Um, we don't really have the usual stuff of like the too stupid to love heroin or the sexy sociopath because the boys in it are just either a sort of racist stereotype or just literally a blank space. Perry, uh, Parry, Perry (laughs) might, might, might as well be a sexy lampshade. Can I just go back for a second? Whoever wears velvet pants. Do you think she means corduroy? No, velvet. <laughs> velvet pants? Velvet trousers. Maybe it had velvet trousers. Maybe I do mean corduroy. <laughs> I think probably velvet not, trousers? Probably not real velvet. Probably velour or velveteen. Oh, yeah, velour. Come on, it was the 90s. Yeah. But velvet trousers. I think it probably means velour. Can you imagine how stained you'll be at the end of the day? What are you doing? I'm walking around in the day. I'm getting rained on. I like on. how that plant hanger keeps <laughs> caressing your face. <laughs> and you're sort of leaning into it. I, really, I just need some tenderness right now. Uh, it's, I'm just going about my business. I'm spilling some coffee usually, you know, from my shit coffee cups that always leak. Mm. Um, you just It's a nightmare. I guess. I'm thinking about the, the nature of velvet in a minute because I really want to get a velvet sofa. The nature of velvet, a book by Heather Parry. <laughs> uh, it's my lesbian erotica. <laughs> <laughs> Would read. <laughs> okay, Death Toll is loads. Yeah. We've got the, the homeless guy, we've got the guy from school from, who gets eaten by the bad fish. Um, <laughs> We've got Tracy and the sheriff and Laurie's dad. And m- most Native Americans. Well, yeah, off screen. Gen- we've got genocide in, in this book. Actual genocide. <laughs> so, like, death toll is very high. High, yeah. Um, is it good? Um, no, it's terrible and I hate it. Okay, cool. Did you hate it more than you hate the other books? Yeah. <laughs> wow, really? Is that because it was long? Because I feel like <laughs> it's, it's harder to forgive a long bad book because you're like, you've wasted a larger portion of my time. Yeah, and I don't have the ability to abandon it because I'm bound by my duty to this fucking podcast. I know. So I was forced to read this on a weekend for a couple of hours. Rough. Yeah. At least you can kind of skim read it. And the cover's bad and like it's racist and there's just nothing good about and it. And it's just boring. Or... It's boring as well, which is the worst crime, I think. Boring and long. Yeah. Like, come on. Some of us have got lives. I mean, not me. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be fucking reading point horror books then. But... <laughs> you can't be like reading a point horror and also complaining that you have a life. You can't <laughs> have point. both. You can't have it both ways, Parry. Good point. Is it good, bad? <sighs> no. No. There was nothing really sort of fun, like not, no like fun badness. 
it made me feel really bad. Like I don't like reading about, <laughs> I don't like reading racist stuff. Yeah. It just makes me think like, oh fucking hell, we've still got so long to so far to go. Um not in the book as a society. <laughs> yeah. In the book and in as a society. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. What did you think? There's nothing fun about it. No, I I'd kind of forgotten everything about it. Until yeah. I took my notes. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Quentin's probably the highlight, to be honest with you. I don't think the reboot worked worked i've read a couple of the rebooted <laughs> ones and i just they just don't have the same Who are they charm aiming it for? i don't know it's like they're aiming it for slightly too old yeah as well like maybe they were trying to focus on the people who maybe read point horrors like six or seven years ago and they would move on to these no that's what stephen king is for mm. you can't you can't knock stephen king out of the teen mm. goth market come on he's got it sewn up guys no matter yeah. what shit he writes now, he's got it sewn up. I just don't think he's as good as people say. Stephen King? I think he's had some good books. No. He's... I think he's had as many shit books as good books, though. Yeah, but it's because he writes in this way that I'm actually massively against, where people sit down at six and write till 12 every single day of their lives. Because all the... I know someone that did that, and all that happened was that she produced a hell of a lot of shit. Mm. Like, you can't just produce this amount of of creative anything. You can't harvest all the time. No. Sometimes you have to plant, sometimes it has to be fallow. Yeah. That's all I know about farming. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can sit down and maybe you work that way for three years on a book and then you go to something else, maybe. But you maybe. can't just like churn it out like that. I will say, in, in defense of Stephen King, he has written, what would you say, five books that are genius? Mm-hmm. Like Carrie, really good. The Shining is really good. The Shining. I really like The Long Walk. Long Walk, I'll put it on That's there. I've really not read good. it. I'm going to say The Green Mile. I haven't read that. It is very kind of like, you know, kind of like Steven uh, Spielberg level emotional stuff. But it did make me cry my fucking eyes out. And the film is very good. And then what? Pet Cemetery? No, I read that recently. It's not very good. Mm -hmm. In fact, I read that. I was in Finland, and the library in Finland did not have very many books in English, so I read almost all of them. <laughs> and one of them was Pet Cemetery, and someone had removed 60 pages from the middle of the book, which I didn't no. notice initially. But I was like, that's weird. He was in a different town in the previous chapter, and it didn't mention him going back to the other town. Um, but then I looked up a plot synopsis, and I appeared to have missed nothing. <laughs> and I did think, if you can remove 60 pages out of the middle of a book and not miss anything, maybe that book should have been more heavily edited. Yeah, I mean, they he's got this problem that all the successful authors have got, have got, and that no one will edit them after a certain point. So no one will tell them their books are too fucking long. And it, they just put out shit. However, let's say he's done five works of genius. Mm. That's more than most people will ever do. That's true. So if he had just not done the other 45 novels that he's written. But he just loves writing, man. Yeah. And he does take that money and he does seem to do good stuff with it. And he does seem like a good guy. He does. I think he's, he's, he has a bit of a wobble politically every the now and The thing is, I have very strong feelings. I read a book of his recently called Elevation, mm -hmm. which was kind of like a lazy rewrite of this book Thinner, which, oh, yeah, uh, which I read years ago when I was a teenager. And it's, it's very similar to that. It's this guy who he starts to like float, basically. So mm -hmm. he gets like lighter and lighter and, he, and then he floats. And... Stephen King, much like Samantha Lee, the author of this book, I think has good intentions, but just goes about it in such a fucked way. And I won't go into it too deeply. If you read the book, it's a very short book. It's like a little novella book. It's very small, but very obnoxious. He's written a lesbian couple. 
it's not good. Okay. Like Stephen King, just just write, just write middle-aged white men that live in Maine because you know that you know that world. It's fine. Just keep doing that. Don't try and write lesbians. It was really bad. It was very very badly done. One was very clearly the man. Lady. <laughs> yeah. One lady was the and lady butt. and one was the butt. Okay. Very obviously. Okay. Like one wore frocks and baked cakes and the other one was a runner and had really muscular legs yeah. and was like kind of butch. And you're like, ouch. Yeah. It's bad. Lady and butt. It was it's a lady okay. and butt situation. <laughs> just, uh, he was trying. Yeah. But he just shouldn't have tried. Just give all your money to some lesbians. That's and they'll write some books about actual lesbians. Praxis. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard one of his sons is a good writer, though. Joe? He can be. Okay. But he, I think, in my personal opinion, suffers from the same thing of all oh, his books are too long. Unnecessarily long. Yeah. And the only time that I've read one of his novels the whole way through without stopping and reading other books in the meantime was after I had back surgery and was on bed rest. And literally could not get out of bed except to go to the toilet. I thought you were going to say it was on drugs. <laughs> and I, I was also on very strong painkillers. And I read a, a book a day, but like a big book, like a 500-page novel a day. Wow. Because that was all I could do. Like I could not do anything else. And TV, to me, gets boring very, very quickly. Hmm. And I read uh, Nosferatu nice. in a day. And wow. it was good fun. But see, if I had something else to do in my life, I probably would have put that book down and gone and done something else instead. Fair enough. Because it was fine. But it was far too long. You could have done with your wanky hanky. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not feel like having a wanky hanky at the time. That'd be the drugs. They put you out. Do they? I think so, isn't it? I didn't experience that. Isn't that one of the things? I don't know. Anyway, I just I had a sore fucking back. I had just had my back literally <laughs> cut open, so I was not feeling super sexy. Did that not make... Did you not get backache from lying in bed too long? Um, Does it make it worse? I mean, it was a bit of a chicken and egg situation. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, you couldn't really win because I had to stay still so that my staples could heal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you had to move around a lot. Like, you couldn't just lie in the same position. I had to move. Anyway, never mind. That's a separate... Welcome a separate to thing. Heather and Kirsty's medical <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We've really gone off track more than usual on this one because I don't so know if you figured this out. This book is really boring. <laughs> we didn't like it. What are we doing next time? Uh, I've forgotten. Next week. Hide and Seek. Hide and Seek by Jane McFan. Jane McFan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, who I don't believe is a real Scott. Um, Maybe generations back. Yeah, well, don't, let's not get into that. Okay. Um, it's not a ma- night mole hair book. That was oh. the pity. <laughs> <laughs> Although there is a night mole hair coming. Yes. Later in the season. Oh, uh, one of our readers just went out and bought um, five point horror collections. It was in the <gasps> collections of three. Oh, in order as well. you've got such a fun week ahead of you. I know, I just saw the list there. Oh, and I'm I was excited. Like, oh, yes. I can't wait. Um, yeah, we're going to do Hide and Seek, which is, um, yes, it's an interesting book. It is interesting. It's not what I expected. No. At all. There's a lot to say about it. Yes. We might talk about, that's post-its. lots of post-its. Uh, I think in the next episode we will actually talk about the book more than yeah. <laughs> we did in this one. So if you're doing Read Along with Teenage Scream, you want to be reading Hide and Seek by Jane McFan. I've also got the maddest cover, but we'll talk about that. I know, I quite like it. Um, Uh, In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Teenage Scream underscore and on Instagram at Teenage Scream Pod. And if you want to fund our new podcast, Kirsty and Heather Talk About Medical Ailments, (laughs) uh, which I'm so up for, (laughs) 
Um, pudding and medical ailments. <laughs> cheese, pudding, and <laughs> medical issues. God, can that you tell we're in like, our just... <laughs> And maybe a bit of wine as well. Um, oh, I've just realised I've got wine over the road. I should have brought it. Um, I've got some. I know it's 2pm or whatever it is. No, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, you can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash teenage If it's after lunchtime, it's fine. <laughs> it's Tuesday. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you can give us some money, basically. Uh, if you want to, if you want to support the podcast, um, if you want to pay me for the hours of my life I spent reading a fucking book, you can do so. I demand reparations. Please, someone. Um, or you can just kind of rate and review and share and tell everyone you know. People are so good about like telling people about the podcast it's on ace, social it? media. It's so lovely. I love it. Um, yeah, you guys are the best, basically, and can't still believe that you want to listen to this fucking drivel. <laughs> and do you know our listener who's, I, I probably shouldn't say a name, we have a listener who is a politician. Oh, yes. And um, recently there was an election and she retained her position in the parliament. Well done. Look, I'm not saying we're the Illuminati <laughs> from Nightmare Hair. However, but if we were, we would have done that. If any other of our listeners would like to get into positions of power, just let us know. Just let us know. Just say the word. Mm -hmm. We have zero power, but we can pretend. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sure, we have zero power. Wink, (laughs) wink. See you next week. Bye.